<laughs> I'm not even going to lie to you. This is about to be the most bizarre episode you've probably ever heard. Um, yeah, trigger warning. We're talking about eating disorders and mental health and a bunch of stuff that's not super fun. So if you don't want to hear about that, no worries. You can catch the end half of this episode where we're talking about cuffing season and answering the question of the week and complaining a little bit. So I'll leave that timestamp in the bio if you're not interested. But if you are, then uh, keep listening. Roll film. Just kidding. Play the song. Everybody, welcome to my podcast. Shoddy bays, shoddy booze, pookie, pookats, bootily skeep pops. Welcome back. Or if you're new, welcome to Hope You're Okay, the podcast. My name is Adele and I am your host and I'm so glad that you're here. Um, today, I am so unwell. <laughs> um... You can probably tell because of my voice and the energy that I'm currently bringing to the mic. Um, Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about today. We've got some heavy subjects. We're talking about EDs. Um, We're talking about cuffing season. That's not a heavy subject. Really, the only heavy subject... Well, I mean, no, but the only heavy subject is really EDs. Um, And we're talking about my story with that and just kind of... That's pretty much it, honestly. Um, I don't want you guys to think that this is like how to recover 101, because that's definitely not what it's going to be. Um, it's more so just me sharing my story with my ED um, and things like that, because I want to shed light on the situation and make people feel less alone about it. But it's definitely not like a help book or a how to get better podcast episode, because I really don't even... I'm definitely in recovery, but I don't think there's like a four-step plan that I would be able to give. I think the only thing I can give is the advice to go to therapy. God, I have a headache. Hold on. Okay, but anyways, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about the contents of today's episode, so just go ahead and prepare yourselves um, mentally and spiritually <laughs> and emotionally. Um, no, you guys know how I handle um, tough conversations. I'm definitely going to try and you know, humorize it as much as I can, make it enjoyable, make it feel like a conversation. If you hear me laughing or joking about the situation, um, it's not because I think it's a joke. It's not because I think it's silly, goofy, and not something to be taken seriously. That's just my coping mechanism, as we should all know by now. But yeah, anyway, so a little bit of housekeeping. <laughs> um, oh, my phone's ringing. Oh, um, hold, hold that thought. So basically, um, weekly update is that... Oh, actually, forget the weekly update. This is like a monthly update. I realized that I have not recorded in the past three weeks. Let me explain why. I promise I have good reason. So the first one, I was deathly ill, um, like so sick for a full week. Um, thought I was going to die. No, okay, I'm being dramatic now. But I was very, very sick. Then the second week, I was like, all right, I'm ready. And then Hurricane Ian hit. I feel like that's self-explanatory. You know, sometimes I can't drop a podcast in the middle of a hurricane. So that's just occasionally. Um, and then last week... Was last week Hurricane Ian? I don't know. Let me check my calendar. Hold on. 
Oh, last week I started this nannying job. Um, it's like a temporary nannying job, but it took up more days than I thought it was going to originally. And so my recording days were taken up by nannying and then I didn't have an episode when I thought I was going to. And yeah, so that's the, that's the story of how I failed yet again. I'm very sorry, but I'm back and I'm better than ever. And, um, I'm currently recording on a day when I don't normally record, but I think I'm going to try and do this more often so that I have more backup recordings, but we were doing so good. I was holding so strong posting every week for like what a month. And then, yeah, you know, I am human. So there's, I'm sorry to disappoint, but, um, I'm being dramatic. Literally no one has said anything. I just feel bad, but today we are going to go ahead and begin. So yeah, I don't really have a weekly update. I don't really have anything to like talk about, um, that's been happening because really I've just been doing homework and trying to survive, um, which I feel like you all know about. But um, yeah, anyways, that's enough of the chitter chatter. Um, a little little disclosing of the life updates. What? What did I? Okay. Anyway, um, let's go ahead and get right into the episode and let's talk about my story with my ED. Okay, so, um, ah, this is so weird. I don't think I've ever talked about this, like, actually told, like, a story about it. Um, I also have a terrible memory, so I'm hoping I can do this. But, um, so basically, before I even start, I want to go ahead and say that there are, of course, diagnosed um, eating disorders, um, and then there are non-diagnosed eating disorders. I have a non-diagnosed eating disorder. Um, I feel like a lot of people struggle with non-diagnosed eating disorders because eating disorders are really embarrassing. Um, like when you have one, you feel really embarrassed and you don't really want to tell anybody about it. Um, so a lot of times, unless something really bad happens, which thankfully, I mean, you want to hope nothing bad happens, but unless something bad happens, most of the time people don't know about it um, because you're not going to go and tell people that you need help nine times out of ten, even though you really should. But yeah. So anyways, um, I had a non-diagnosed eating disorder. I didn't even realize that I had a problem until I had probably already been participating for like three years. Um, I suffered with anorexia, um, which is... uh, Let me get the the dictionary definition for you, actually. Let me just pull it up so I can just read it word for word. Okay, so the dictionary definition, uh, anorexia nervosa, an eating disorder caused by people or causing people to obsess about weight and what they eat. Um, It's characterized as a distorting body image with an unwarranted fear of being overweight. So um, it's really common, more than 200,000 U.S. cases per year. It's chronic. Um, and it's usually self-diagnosable and lab tests and imaging are not required, things like that. So, um, yeah, so I had anorexia, um, which is just so sick to say with my mouth. Um, I've talked, I'm pretty open about my ED. If you follow the podcast on Instagram, which you should be sameless shelf plot, sameless, same, mm, something's wrong here. Shameless, shame, (laughs) shameless self plug. Um, I hope you're okay podcast on Instagram, but if you follow the podcast on Instagram, then you'll see the, uh, this week's TikToks that are being posted. I've started posting or not real TikToks reels. This week's reels that I've been posted have been all, um, ED themed. Cause I want to start posting reels that are themed of like what we're going to be talking about that week. Um, and I had a lot of them because I'm very open. I try to be very open about my ED. Um, but 
truth be told, I didn't start being open about my ED until I started recovery. Um, and I didn't start recovery until my freshman year of college. Nah, not even. I didn't start recovery until my, really my sophomore year of college, like the summer right after my freshman year. And then my sophomore year of college was when I was actually starting recovery. Um, I was in denial that I had a problem until my no, until my freshman year of college. Um, so basically I'll just kind of try and give you guys kind of like a story time, um, on what that looks like. Um, and I really, it's hard for me to be able to tell you guys what I'm expecting from this episode. I think I just really want to be open and honest and transparent with you guys. Um, I want to make people feel like they're less alone. If you do feel like you struggle with something like this, I want to raise awareness. If you don't realize that you might be doing some of these things and you think that they're normal, because um, I had a period that was like that for a little bit. And yeah, I just want to give people a realistic expectation because I think a lot of times um, people will see influencers or internet personalities or content creators or people that they like to like in media and just assume that we or they don't struggle with things that we struggle with um and like that we can't relate to them but a lot of times nine times out of ten we can um and i love that this generation is making more light of that and more um, icons are being more open with their mental health struggles and it makes people feel less alone. So I just wanted to join in on the fun. But anyways, so for those who don't know, I was a pre-professional dancer for like 12 years or something like that. Um, it was my life. It was everything that I wanted to do forever. Um, I was a ballerina and I loved it so much. But for those who know about ballet and the culture that it brings, it's very toxic culture. Um, especially when it comes to body image. Um, dance in and of itself already, if you start dancing from a young age, um, like can kind of stunt a woman's body, like natural body maturation. Um, like a lot of times if you start dancing before you hit puberty, like your boobs are going to be smaller, um, your butt is going to be smaller, like things like that. Um, that may not have happened if you weren't dancing just because of like the exercise and I don't know how it works, but I do know that it's true. I learned about it in school. I just don't remember learning about it. Um, but I know I, I was definitely there. I was definitely in the class. It's true. It's true. Um, so yeah. And then obviously I saw it firsthand. Um, I had friends that were in dance that were like flat chested for a long time until they stopped dancing and then they would develop or sometimes they didn't develop. But, um, or like friends and or even me, like my family is all like D cup chested, um, D to double D cup chested, like all of them, my sisters, my cousins, my aunt, my mom, like everybody had like titties and I was the only one who started dancing and I had A cups until I was like 16 then I had B cups now I have C but like I definitely don't have the boobs that I probably would have genetically had if I hadn't have been dancing which I'm not complaining I honestly love the size I've got but um yeah so that already kind of affects it and then on top of that the dance culture is just so toxic and I did happen to get lucky I was dancing at a Christian company and we were all very much close and it was very much of a family um like effect kind of and obviously they had their flaws um as anything does but it was not as toxic as it probably would have been had it not have been um a Christian like dance company that I'd been dancing at for years where I knew everybody and they all knew me um 
So I got lucky in that aspect, but just dance in and of itself is very toxic. Um, like they would say things like, oh, like suck in your stomach. I can see what you had for lunch. And it was like a joke because we were dancers, but also she was being serious. So it was like, we would laugh about it, but like she would tell people to suck in their stomach because she could see their lunch and everybody's laughing. But then after you hear it and you're like, wait, what? Like it, it just resonates with you more than I think people would think it does or maybe more than we thought it would because i tell people now and they're like what she said what so i guess it's not socially acceptable to say things like that but obviously growing up in the dance community you know most of the time you talk to other dancers and that's totally normal in the dance world so i would tell my friends that were also dancers like oh yeah what's her face said yesterday that i need to like suck in my stomach because she could see what I had for lunch or, you know, I need to start eating this way because I need to develop my body this way because flat chests and flat butts are better for turns. And that's why, you know, Catherine's turns are so good because she's flat chested and I need to be like that, but it's hard because I'm eating this way because I'm trying to gain muscle for this. And it's just like, so, but then the dancers that you're talking to are doing the same thing. So they're like, oh yeah, no, totally girl. I had to do that and this is what I did and it's just a sharing of a toxic experience so much so that you don't realize you're in a toxic environment um, until you get out of it but I still love it and would go back in a heartbeat but that's just how dance is so <laughs> anyways um yeah that sounded totally crazy if you're not a dancer I, I understand that but yeah so basically I was probably about 14 or 15 when I started altering my eating um to to try and get the results that I wanted when it came to my body type. Um, I remember when I was really young, I was not insecure at all. Not even a little bit, actually. I mean, not even kind of. Um, and then as soon as I hit like maybe 12, 13, I really took a plummet. Um, and I don't even remember what happened or why or where it came from, but I was just so not doing well. Um, and I'll do an episode on like mental health and things like that um, later. But basically, my mental health started deteriorating. And then at some point in that time, I decided that I was going to start to like try and be skinnier. And I didn't really think of it as like developing an eating disorder. I just thought of it as like, you know, oh, I skipped lunch on accident because I had a class and I didn't have time to eat lunch. Um, and now I'm in class and I look so much better in this leotard than I do when I normally eat lunch. So tomorrow I'll just skip lunch again. Um, but it's fine because I'll eat like a granola bar once I get out. And then suddenly two weeks later, I'm out of granola bars and it's either, you know, buy another pack of granola bars or get an iced coffee and I'm going to get an iced coffee. So then it's okay. Well, I could eat lunch and get my iced coffee and look bad in my leotard or I could skip lunch, drink my iced coffee, not eat a granola bar afterwards and just eat tomorrow morning. And, you know, and then it just keeps going down that spiral. Um, and then pretty soon I'm not eating breakfast. I'm not eating lunch. I'm not eating dinner. I'm eating a, you know, quarter of a sub sandwich every day and thinking it's not a problem because I ate today. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's clear. Something is not right. Um, something's clearly wrong. So yeah, I lived that life for a long time. Um, and I remember just not thinking anything of it. Like I just didn't, it didn't occur to me 
that anything was wrong because nine times out of 10, I wasn't intentionally not eating. I was genuinely just forgetting to eat um, because I had conditioned my body to not need to not be hungry, you know, when it would normally be hungry. Um, like I, I was shrinking my stomach from not eating. Therefore, it was, I wasn't getting hungry when I was supposed to be getting hungry. And then it was like, well, I'm not going to force myself to eat. You know, like the less I eat, the better I look in this leotard. So mine's well. Um, and then after a while, I started to realize that I had a body image issue. Um, I didn't still think it was like an eating issue. I just thought I had a like a, an issue with my body. Like I remember we would take um, these days where we would learn variations, which for those who aren't dancers, it's like we would learn combinations or choreography um, that had been done like in famous ballets. Um, and then we would perform it as like a group of three or a group of four and the teacher would record us and then would play it back and we would watch it as a class. Um, and the whole class had to do it, obviously, and we would watch it as a class and then we would just... Um, they would give us feedback, whether it was good or bad, on like what to fix. And it really wasn't as brutal as some people's. Um, this is like a, a common dance thing people would do. But most people's stories about this like can get really bad. Like teachers can say some really horrible things to you. And I never had those experiences because my teachers were always very sweet. Um, and they never said anything that was like super, super like, wow, how is that allowed? Um, like I've heard some stories, or at least I don't remember them saying anything crazy. But... Um, I just remember feeling so like sick to my stomach when we would have to watch back videos of us dancing. Like I wanted to throw up on the floor at the thought of watching my body bounce around that screen and like being in front of everybody. It was so embarrassing to me, like to be able to stay, to have to stand next to somebody who was significantly smaller than I was, um, or just had the ideal body type that I w was trying to achieve. Um, and to be like, compared with them um which sounds really harsh but that is what dance is about so I mean it's not like they were comparing me individually they were just giving us feedback and if the girl next to me happened to be doing it correctly and I was doing it incorrectly they were going to tell me and that's what I expected and that's what I had wanted before but it was just different because I mean looking back now at pictures I realized that we were all the same size generally um and it was really never that deep. But in my head, I was just so much like bigger than everybody else. And I felt like large. Like I didn't feel like curvy. I didn't feel like it was almost like um, I feel like it's probably what t girls were insecure about being tall. Like I felt like I was towering over everybody all the time, even though I'm five one. <laughs> like I was definitely like the sh on the shorter side of everyone. But I just felt like thick. And not in, like, the good way that we talk about it now, but, like, I felt like my arms were the size of, like, logs, and it was just, like, my shoulders were, like, broad and disgusting, and I just, and then we had to pull our hair back, obviously, because it was dance, and so, like, it just made it worse, because I didn't like my hair in a high bun, and I had never tried it in a low bun, and I found out, like, my junior and senior year of dancing that I looked incredible in a low bun, and I loved it, and I did it every day. But at that point, I hadn't figured that out yet, and so I was insecure because I didn't like how my hair looked, and then, like, I was breaking out because I was a, t a tween. I was a teenager, so I had acne, and then I was, like, I just felt just so... I felt like a thumb. Like, I just felt like a pile. Like, there was nothing good going on there and so to watch it 
on the screen just made me like so ugh, why am i here i remember anytime we would like watch it like nine times out of ten i would normally leave um and like go absolutely sob in the uh the uh guest bathroom because it was a singular stall the guest bathroom was and then i come back like nothing happened and, la, 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 and go dance but yeah, so that was when I realized that I had a body image issue. Because um, I was like, I probably shouldn't be crying multiple times per class just from, like, dancing. Like, I would cry sometimes when they would make us watch it. But other times I would just have a mental breakdown and just continue dancing like a crazy person. Um, or one time I remember I fully blacked out. Like, I fainted in the middle of dancing. But, but... Um, I, like, blacked out and then came back, like, immediately. Like, it was like a... Like, that was how quick it was. Like, I was going down in a dance like I was diving in this dance and I dived and then I blacked out and like fell on the floor but they thought that I just like tripped like they thought I just like stumbled um and like lost my balance and then I came back I lost consciousness and I came back within this within the span of like a minute and so they all like rushed over and they're like are you okay and I was like yeah no I'm fine I'm fine and I like hopped up and was fine um and they were like oh like did you eat today and I was like oh, like, no, I forgot. And they were like, oh, Adele. You know, because I was just, like, in a silly, goofy mood. Um, But, yeah, I remember that happening and me being like, hmm, maybe that's not the best sign. I'm going to see for myself, though. So, yeah, anyways, I kept doing that. I graduated from um, high school and went on. um, Oh, I got injured my senior year of um, dancing. And so I wasn't able to dance as much as everybody else was. Um, and so all of that was just messed up. And yeah, I can talk about that in a different episode if you guys are interested at all in dance and the culture and my injury and all that stuff and how my future was ruined and all of my plans thrown to trash. But um, yeah, anyway, so I basically ended up deciding I was going to move to Florida for school. So I did that. And um, once I got to Florida, I think that was when I really realized that I had a problem um because it was the first time that I was in complete control of what I was eating and I wasn't working out religiously um you would think that it was as bad as it could get while I was dancing but you would be wrong because (laughs) while I was dancing um I was exercising all the time and I was enjoying my exercise because obviously dance was what I loved and so I didn't I wasn't thinking about that like I wasn't thinking about having to work off the food that I did eat I was just thinking about like working um and if I didn't have time to eat then whatever great even better but it was really just me thinking about working myself so hard that I like looked as good as I wanted to look um whether that was like body wise or just like dance talent wise um and then I stopped dancing and I got here and it was all about body wise because I was no longer dancing so I was already insecure because I put all of my worth in who I was as a dancer um and then once that got taken away from me I had like no identity and I didn't know what I was doing and then I got here and I wasn't even minoring in dance I wasn't doing anything that had to do with dance and it was the first time I had done that in so long um and so I was just out of sorts and all I could control was the way that I looked and obviously I had never had a boyfriend and I was insecure about that and so it was just like I wanted to look good and now I had no exercise outlet to be able to do that um, because I wasn't dancing anymore. And so it was like the little bit that I was eating got even less because I was like, oh, well, now I have to cut back for real. Because if I eat a sandwich like I would normally, 
I'm not going to go dance for six hours tomorrow and burn that sandwich off, which girl, what? But like, that was my mentality. And so I got here and, um, it was, it was just so bad. I remember I went home for a weekend and I came back and this is, I know this entire segment is trigger warning, but this specifically is so trigger warning. I just like, I remember that I left on a Friday and I came back on a Sunday night and I posted on my private story or I think I posted and then I took it down and I saved it instead. But I remember being so proud of myself because I didn't eat the entire three days I was gone. Like I didn't eat from the Friday to the Sunday when I got back and I was like so happy. Like, I was like, oh my God, like, I am really good. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? But yeah, that was my mentality. Um, I was like so proud. I was like, three days is the longest I've ever gone. Like, I am really good. Um, And I would like go to the um, cafeteria and like get food with my friends and like sit and um, like rip apart the food, like poke around with it while I was talking so that people would think when it was time, when we got up and like we were throwing out trash, like nobody would notice that it was like untouched because um, it looked like it was touched so they couldn't really tell. Like it was just so not good. Um, and then I would throw it out and leave and, you know, drink a soda or something like that. Um, and I also remember like during that time, like, I remember one night I was in the, like, the gym. I wasn't at the gym, but I was inside the gym watching a volleyball game that was happening, and I was eating this Twix bar, and this girl, bless her, came up and was like, oh my gosh, Adele, like, you are always eating, and I just spiraled. Like, first of all, why would you say that to me? (laughs) First of all, how dare you? Like, why would you say that to me? Okay, and? Yeah, yeah, I am, and what about it? Which, I mean, like, now, I... mm, Now I would like to say that I would be able to bounce back. I think I'm lying, but I would like to say that I I would be fine Um, because it's really like, okay, but also it's just like, why would you say that? Like, you never know what someone is going through. And it was so true. Like, it was it was so easy for me to have an, an a thriving ED while I was on campus because people were so ignorant on what to say to people like this was two three years ago and so I think people are a little bit a little bit better now about just don't comment on anybody's body um and I know people were starting to say that when I was first here this was like 2020 and people were finally starting to be like hey we probably shouldn't talk about other people's bodies um or other people's eating patterns or other people in general um and even I hearing that was like but that's so hard like why not like if my friends look good I'm gonna tell them they look good but I was the problem. I was the why not. Like, I would go two days having not had a meal and then wear a tight-fitting dress. And one of my friends would, like, be like, oh, my gosh, Adele, I love your figure. Like, you always look so good. And it would fuel me to go two more days. Like, it was it was disgusting. It was like I was an addict. Like, what is wrong with you? It was like an itch. Like, I would just not eat until somebody complimented me. And then that would give me more motivation to not eat. Like, it never ended. Like, if I... If I was eating, I I wasn't. And then if I wasn't eating, like, there was nothing that was going to get me to eat. Like, it's not like somebody would be like, oh, you look good. And I'd be like, oh, God, I can treat myself tonight. Like, no. It would be like, oh, perfect. 
yes, it's working. Like, what is wrong with you? So yeah, at the end of the day, I, I did make an executive decision. I just don't compliment people's bodies anymore because it's none of my business. And honestly, it's not that hard. I really thought it was going to be the hardest thing I'd ever decided to do. But honestly, somehow I, I get by. I compliment people for other things that actually matter. Like you can compliment somebody's outfit. You can compliment somebody's hair, their makeup, their eye color. Like tell them that they look good that day. Tell them that their skin is clear. Tell them that you like their teeth, that you like their freaking, I don't know, like nails, lashes, you can tell them other things that are not like harmful, potentially harmful comments to make. Um, sorry, that sounded like I was yelling at you guys. I was really yelling at myself. But um, yeah. Anyways, so yeah, I came here and it was a lot easier um, to be unhealthy because I was in control. I was the one who was buying my food. I was the one who was like making myself eat it or not. Um, and then I had my tactics where I would just like not eat. Um, I would like bring things out of the cafeteria and then throw them out. Um, it started to get worse. It got worse once I got here. Um, when it came to like, like classic ED things like, um, fear foods and like things that I just refuse to eat. Um, and I think that was when I realized that I had like a real problem. Um, yeah. Okay. So enough about that. So obviously, yes, that is, that was my story time on my little ED moment and how it went for me. Um, I, let's, uh, okay, let's switch gears. <laughs> um, so basically the moment that I realized that I had a problem and the moment that I realized I was going to fix it, let's talk about that because I feel like you guys get the gist. Um, so I went home one weekend, my freshman year, and I was, um, going to, I was hungry and I was gonna like eat something. Um, because up to now, like I said, I didn't really realize that I had a problem. Uh, like I, when I would post and be like, I didn't eat all weekend. I was genuinely proud of myself. I didn't think that was an issue. Like I was like, yeah, I'm just really good. And you're all jealous. Like it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't think of it as an issue. Um, I just thought of it as like a really good diet. I'm really good. Like this is how I stay looking this way and I don't have to work out. That was another thing. I did not like working out because, um, working out makes me really sick sometimes. Um, I think it's because of like my iron deficiency. And then I found out recently that I have low blood sugar problems. And it's just like, I have a lot of things that make working out kind of hard if I don't know how to take care of myself, which I do now. And now that I know how to take care of myself while working out, I love working out. It's so much fun. Like I love going to the gym, but in that moment, I didn't know how to do that. And so I, um, yeah, I thought this was the only way. So Basically, I went home and I was going to eat something because I was hungry um, and I was home. So I was like, yeah, like, it's fine. Like, I can have one one meal, which what? Yeah, I would hope so. But so I went and made some sandwiches and I made um, two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I remember this because I took a video of it, but um, I made two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And I remember coming back to my room and I turned on my show or whatever and I went to like eat my sandwich and I just started freaking losing it. Like I was freaking out alone in my bedroom, losing my mind because I so badly did not want to eat the sandwich. Like I thought I was going to combust. I was like, I cannot, I cannot bite into this sandwich right now. Oh my gosh. Like I can't do it. Um, and when I realized that my body was reacting that way, 
it's like I floated up out of my body and saw myself and was like, what is wrong with you? Like, it was just such a wake-up call because I was like, why am I freaking out about, wait, am I not in control of the situation? Like, this whole time, it was kind of like in my brain, I told myself, like, there's no problem. I'm not eating because I don't want to eat because I want to, like, maintain my image, because I want to stay the same size, because I want to blah, 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 blah. Like, I am in complete control of this, and that's why I'm doing this. It's, which, I mean, most therapists tell you that EDs are a control thing. Like, you would normally develop, or people develop eating disorders a lot of times because they feel like they cannot control anything, and all they can control is what they eat and their body weight. And so I was under the impression that I was totally under control. And when I started freaking out about eating a sandwich is when I realized maybe I'm not in control of this. Perhaps I'm a little sick in the head. Um, maybe there's something wrong. Maybe there's a screw loose up there that is stopping me from eating this sandwich Like, I made the sandwich. It's in my hands. Why am I freaking out about eating? Like, it was just so weird. Um, And it was the first moment when I realized, like, wait, if I wanted to, like, start eating regularly tomorrow, could I even do that? Like, am I stuck like this forever? Um, And that was scary. And so I took a video because I'm Gen Z for real. Um, I pulled out my Snapchat and I, like, put on a filter, of course, because I was sobbing at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, And... I filmed, like, my bodily reaction to trying to eat that sandwich. Um, And it was just so, like, wow. I remember watching it back the next day and being like, oh, yeah. Yeah, something is wrong. Nobody should be reacting that way. Um, That is terrifying. So anyways... That was when I realized that I probably had a problem. Um, And then I remember I came home and I wasn't going to stop. It was just like, oh, got it. (laughs) Like it was like, oh, oh, anorexia, got it. I'm going to keep going though. Um, Which like sick in the head. Um, So I had this dress that was from H&M. And it was like this lavender purple uh, but like denim dress that sounds so ugly it was not ugly it was cute but it was like it was lavender purple and it was a dress but it was like like a um not a stretchy fabric like it was like a denim feeling I don't know how to explain what I'm saying but it was it, there was no stretch to it it was a denim dress but it just wasn't denim it was lavender fabric um and it was really cute and it was an extra extra small I believe um and I bought it at the store, looking at it, thinking it would fit me, and then I took it home and realized that it did not fit me. And, like, a normal person would be like, oh, that's fine. Let me just go get another size. Or I'll return it and get store credit by something else. You know, <laughs> whatevs. No, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I lost my mind. Oh, I lost it. Oh, I lost it. Um, I would uh, I would obsessively put it on every, like, I think I put it on maybe like four times um I would continuously put it on every like few like weeks days maybe I don't remember I have no sense of time but I would put it on and I would like try and force it up like I would try and like force the zipper which now understanding human anatomy like I'm never gonna fit into that dress like it's it's not because I'm overweight. It's not because I'm unhealthy. It's not because it's because the dress is not going to fit me because it's an extra, extra small. Um, and it has no give and it won't fit over the way that my shoulders are built. It just won't. Um, and even now, like saying that to however many people this ends up reaching is like 
upsetting. Like something deep within me is like, cut that out. But I'm not going to um, because it's okay. I'm not built to fit into everything. And um, yeah, that dress is not going to fit me. So, but that was my gold dress and I would put it on all the time and try and somehow squeeze my shoulders into it like it was my bone structure that was I don't know what I thought was going to go down but I really thought I could shrink my bones by not eating carbs so yeah um I came back would do that every now and then um and then I remember when it started to get really bad and when I decided that I was like oh oh I I gotta quit yeah I gotta cut that out Um, I was talking to one of my friends at the time and she also struggled with unhealthy eating and I, we were like just talking casually, not even like having a heart to heart, like we really need to get help. Like, no, we were like joking. We were like, LOLs. Um, and she was like, yeah, pretty much just eating ice chips these days. And I was like, yes, on the ice chips, you get it. And, um, we were looking in the mirror and she was like, oh my gosh, Adele, like my skin is literally gray. And I was like, what? that's just not even real. That's a myth. Like, whatever. You don't really need food like that. And I remember turning and looking at myself in the mirror, and I was like, oh. LOL. Um, Same, actually. Um, My skin was literally, like, gray. Like, it was so gray. And I just looked so, like, lifeless. And it was... I looked at myself in the mirror every day. I was body checking every day, every hour. I mean, I looked at myself in the mirror obsessively. But... At this point, I had started working out too, because um, after like a first few, the first few months of being in university, uh, I decided to start doing like Chloe Ting like home workouts. Because that was another thing, I was really weird about like looking good but not wanting anybody to know how I did it, which is kind of sick. Um, but like, I was really obsessed with the idea of like looking good and like not like nobody had ever seen me in a gym nobody had ever seen me working out but they knew that I just looked good and they didn't know how I did it and they wanted to be me so bad that was like the ideal in my brain like I want to walk outside and look so good and I want people to be like how does she look that good she doesn't work out which what okay why though like you're a weirdo but anyway whatever it's mental illness isn't it um but yeah so I started working out but it was only in my room and I would work out with Chloe Ting and I wouldn't like really talk to people about it like my roommates knew that I was working out because you know I was chill with them but I didn't like post about working out and like going to the gym and stuff like that and honestly at that time I would look at people who would post and be like who cares but now looking back I realized that a lot of people post about going to the gym because a they're proud of themselves um which like I'm happy for you but then b like especially a lot of like influencers and stuff post about going to the gym because they want their followers and they want their supporters to know that this is why they look the way that they do um and they don't want people to look at them and be like how does she look like that she never goes to the gym um, because that's not true and they want to be open with their followers, but I, that's just not what I was on at the moment. So, um, yeah, so I was working out, but I wasn't telling anybody. And I remember I just washed my hair like a few weeks back and, um, the shower 
clogged and started flooding because of all of the hair that was stuck in the shower because of how much hair falling out I had. Like I had so much hair falling out. And at the time I had crochet braids, which for those who don't know what that is, um, it's like you crochet or you cornrow your hair. Black women will cornrow their hair underneath the hair that they put in and it's a protective style. So it um, keeps your hair protected and it helps it grow. And I would do that a lot my freshman year. Um, like the curls that I had were, were, um, protective styled, uh, crochet curls. And when I would take them out and wash my hair, like you get like a little bit of fallout of hair because obviously your hair has been in braids for forever. And like, you have to like brush it out and get tangles out. But I had what I now realize actually for the first time, literally on this podcast, coming to this realization, I had so much hair fallout that it was like, I shouldn't have had that much because my hair hadn't been in braids for that long. So that was probably concerning. Um, but yeah, so the hair started falling out. The skin was looking really gray. And then I remember at one point realizing, like, I was just minding my business. And then somebody was like, oh, yeah, I'm starting my period soon. And, like, it was like the world stopped. Like, my brain was like, Aah! And I was like, oh, my God, I haven't had a period in, like, three months. Like, I haven't bled in so long. And I started losing my mind for those who don't know um my one goal my one um, i've made it in life will be to be a mother i want to get married and be a wife and mother so badly i don't think i've ever wanted anything more in my life and so the thought that uh i by my own will for at that moment for no reason because before that it was the most important thing in the world to me like obviously i wanted to look good as soon as i realized i hadn't had my period in a while I was like, oh my gosh, this is pointless. What am I doing? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? This is literally dumb. Who cares what I look like? Who freaking cares? I'm not gonna have a baby. Like I was losing it. Oh, I was I was losing my mind. Oh, I was literally melting. Um, yeah, and that was when I was like, oh, we have got to figure something out. Oh no, I will not. Oh no, 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 no. Oh, I am no longer hungry. Actually, <laughs> actually, I am starving. I am famished. Give me everything. Please inject it into my body. I don't even care. I'll eat and do nothing else for the next two months. Like, it was like I was, I, it was the first time that it was like a reality to me. Like, I didn't care if I passed out. I didn't care if I like was losing my hair or if my skin was gray or if my body was at risk for like near death. Like, whatever. Didn't care. What bothered me was the kids. I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to have babies. It's going to be my fault. I'm going to get married and not be able to have babies. And I'm not going to even, I'm not even going to be able to be like, oh, it was like a medical thing or like I'm infertile. Like I just have an unhostile, I have a hostile living environment in my uterus. Like, no, it, it's because I was, I was stupid and I wanted to fit into triple zero genes at the age of 19 years old. Like, that's why. So that was my wake-up call um and that was my moment when i was like oh something has got to change this is not okay um and we went home for the summer that summer and i worked at a restaurant um funnily enough with my best friend that was the summer that i worked at a restaurant with my best friend and um that was the summer that i started recovery um i truly wish I could tell you guys like how I started and succeeded in recovery. I don't really remember how I decided to start. Uh, oh wait, okay, I do a little bit. I remember that I originally, oh my gosh, can I speak? Originally was just going to try and start eating normally again. 
um, and then discovered after trying to do that once that that was a terrible idea. Um, so after I decided that I was going to start recovery, um, the things that I had to note, make note of were that A, um, I now had fear foods. Like I now had foods that I just could not eat because it would, it would really, really freak me out. Um, publicly sometimes, like I could not eat potato wedges. I still can't actually, fun fact. Um, I did once and it was like a really big deal. Everybody was really excited and proud of me and it was really cute. But um, yeah, I don't eat potato wedges. They just, ah, ugh, I can't do it. Um, don't know why. Fear foods are so random. But yeah, potato wedges is one of them. And then wraps um, was another one. And wraps still is kind of one um, because I used to only exclusively eat wraps when I was like peak ED. That was like my safe food. I was like, yeah, I can eat a wrap. It's not even real. Um, I don't know why I thought that, but yeah, so that was what I had to realize when I was going to recovery. I was like, okay, I can't eat these two things because they will make me like, they will make me spiral. Um, so I avoided those and then, um, exercise was something that I had to try and get a healthy hold on. Um, because there was a while where I thought that I was in recovery and had recovered because I was eating a fine amount. Like I was eating like two meals a day. Um, and I, but I was working out a lot and I wouldn't eat if I hadn't worked out that day. And I thought that that was healthy. Um, cause it was better than having not eaten at all, but that's not really what it's about. Um, so yeah, that was something that I had to like really work and get in my head is that like working out is something that I should be able to do cause I want to, and cause I'm enjoying it and not with the sole motivation of keeping a certain weight um, because that's an unhealthy mindset to have while you're working out. So yeah, I had to teach myself that. And then um, I had to just kind of retrain myself to have a healthy relationship with food. So I remember over the summer, my best friend who I was working with at the, um, at the restaurant, um, she had a really healthy relationship with food. And I just kind of tried to model her relationship. Like things like eat when you're hungry were like completely unheard of to me. Um, but that was what I had to start telling myself. So I would sometimes carry like little snacks in my bag and things like that. Um, so that when I was hungry, because another thing about EDs is that they will make your appetite go away. Um, and I was very susceptible to that because my parents have like appetite problems, like not ED wise, but just like they don't really get hungry like that. Um, and so they would have to like schedule their meals that they would eat. So they didn't forget to eat. Um, and so I was already susceptible to that from my parents' genes. And so I would keep food with me so that when I did feel like even the slightest bit hungry, I would eat something just to get my body used to like, you, it's okay to tell me you're hungry. Like, I'm not going to ignore you. I'm, I'm going to feed you this time, I promise. Um, so yeah, eating when you're hungry was something that I picked up from her. And then, um, something else that I started doing, and I, I don't remember if this was a me thing or somebody told me, but, um, I still do this now. Like just the idea that I don't have to finish the food that's in front of me, um, which sounds so bizarre because growing up, like obviously most of our parents made us finish the food in our plate um, because like you don't want to be wasteful and womp, 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 womp. But that didn't work for me in recovery and it still doesn't work for me now um, because a lot of people will say like once you have an ED, like you're always in recovery, like which sounds depressing, but it's kind of true. Like there's never going to be a time when I'm not like 
working on recovery. Like I'm always having to put thought into the act of food. Um, even though I'm a lot healthier now and it doesn't overtake my life as much, like I still do have to make sure that like I am eating because I am susceptible to forget to eat and then it'll just like spiral all over again. Um, and I don't want to be in a situation where like I was when I was much younger, I like am not eating and not even realizing that I'm doing it. So, um, yeah, but the idea of like, just because I order a meal and I, I eat most of it and I don't finish it doesn't mean that I'm going to force myself to finish it because what that did for me at least was like condition my brain into thinking that like food was like a necessity and that's it. Like it was just thinking of food as like something that I had to eat and I, even though that's good um, and it's, it's true and some people have to think of it like that in order to get through so it just depends on how you personally recover but for me that just didn't work like I it wasn't enough that like oh you need that to live like I that wasn't doing it for me um I wanted to be like it only worked if I was enjoying what was happening so I would eat what I wanted to eat and then once I was full I would just stop eating and whether it was like I had finished everything or there was still the majority of the meal left like I'm done eating I'm gonna stop eating when I'm done Um, I'm not going to force myself, like I'm not going to force feed food down my throat because I already don't have a great relationship with food. Like I don't want to, I don't want to, um, build a resentment towards food by like making my body eat when it says it's finished. So yeah, that was something that I struggled with a lot. Um, another thing that I learned and that I had to work through when it came to recovery was, um, how much I had messed up my body. Um, from the ED. So, for example, um, a problem that is pretty common after you start trying to eat um, healthily and normally again um, after uh, suffering an ED is that you'll get like really nauseous, like you get really sick, which is kind of messed up because how dare you? Um, but that was something that I really struggled with. Like after having not eaten and your body not being used to eating um, and then you just bring food back, like I would get like really bad stomach aches, super nauseous, just like sick to my stomach from just like eating a meal um, because my body wasn't used to eating anymore. And so that was hard. Um, I had to eat like really light things for a while. I had to eat like mostly like oatmeal, applesauce was a good one. Um, Rice cakes is like a classic. Um, But then bagels. But then you also have to be careful with that because you can fall into the trap of like, oh, like, I ate today because I had an applesauce and a rice cake, and so I'm good. Which is just an ED in disguise. So it's it's hard. It really is. Um, you have to kind of use that kind of stuff to wean you off of complete nothing, and then you have to make the conscious effort to move over from, like, baby food material stuff to, like, real adult food. Um, so, yeah, it's really hard. Um, on days when I didn't want to eat, something that helped me a lot in recovery was, like, going out. Um, like, if I really wasn't in the mood to eat something, like, if I just really didn't want to be eating, um, I would, like, have my friends and, and me go to, have my friends and I go to Olive Garden. And, like, that would make me want to eat because it's Olive Garden. And, like, I love Olive Garden. So, if I was going to eat, I would eat something that I really wanted to eat. 
even if it hurt the bank sometimes like there were times when I didn't have money to go to Olive Garden I was like I'm going to go because recovery is important enough to me and I'm important enough to me to make sure that I'm healthy and I don't want to eat anything here and I'm not going to get myself to eat anything here like I I'm not going to force my body to do it because it won't do it like my body will not eat what I currently have in front of me so I'm going to go out and put myself in debt to make sure that I don't die like at the end of the day it's either you know my uterus shrivels up and becomes a nothing or I spend $20 I don't have on Olive Garden. It's fine. Like, you have to just think about these things. So, yeah. Um, hopefully that was helpful um, or at least interesting to hear about. Um, that's kind of my story on my um, ED adventures and how that was for me. Um, if you guys want to share your stories with me, feel free to. My DMs on Instagram are always open. Maya Adele, M-Y-A-H-A-D-E-L-E. Um, and I'm always here to listen if you guys need any help or anything like that. Um, if this sounded familiar to you, um, or if you were listening and you were like, that's actually a really good idea, and you're like taking notes in the back of your head, stop it. Get some help. Um, like now. Um, yeah, therapy, please. Timely care is not that bad. Um, I, I use them religiously and I kind of love it. So just any sort of therapy, your school counselor, um, if this sounded familiar, if this sounded something you might do, or if it was something that seemed um, appealing to you, um, because that is not how your brain should be talking to you. So let's go ahead and get a jump on that. We're, we're going to make sure we're all okay here. But um, yeah, thanks for listening to that. Um, I think we're done with the triggering content for right now. Let's go ahead and close up this episode with some cuffing season um, scheduling and um, our question of the week. And that really sucks. Yay! (laughs) All right, the cuffing season schedule. So I wanted to share this because I actually... um, I actually found this on TikTok. I found somebody that was talking about the cuffing season schedule and I was like, oh my gosh, I have never seen it written out all the way. I need to share this with the found family actually immediately. Um, And so it's been sitting here awaiting your arrival. Um, I will try and post it on the story of the... um, Hope You're Okay podcast Instagram. So if you're listening to this on Friday, go ahead and run over to the story and you should be able to see the screenshot that I'm talking about of the cuffing season schedule. Um, but have no fear if you're listening to this after Friday. I've got you covered. I'm going to read it to you right now. So basically, um, if you're not familiar, cuffing season is the time of year around October to December when um, people will start to get into relationships that are not real. Um, it's it's much like a summer fling, but it's more fall, more winter, more um, festive, if you will. Um, but basically, they get together just so that they have somebody to do fall things with, um, Christmas things with, and not feel alone um, and cold. Uh, so, you know, things such as like ice skating, going to the lights together, um, going to family events, not normally like Christmas or Thanksgiving, but like 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 Christmas parties, you know, like Halloween parties, like things like that, like little festive events where like maybe your sister is there, maybe your brother is there, rarely your parents. It's not that serious, but like, you know, little cutesy things like that. Um, it's much like Hot Girl Summer. We take it very seriously here on Hope You're Okay. I'm not a coughing season kind of gal. Um, I'm much more, if we're dating, I am going to love you for probably years. Um, so, 
not really into the cuffing season scene exactly, um, but it is very important to me because I am a hot girl and hot girls love cuffing season. Um, I just love, you know, when we all, you know, get together and do things like this, like, oh my gosh, ee, cuffing season. So anyways, I'm going to go ahead and read you guys the schedule to make sure we're all on the same page. I am thinking about possibly maybe on the low participating this year maybe i'll find someone just for fun and not follow through with it like maybe i'll like draft and preseason and all that stuff and then just never actually cuff that's normally what i do i think i'm gonna do that anyways so basically scouting for cuffing season was august 1st to 31st okay so right after hot girl summer um you should know what you're looking for you're you're back in school now and it's time for you to start scouting it's time for you to start looking for who you might be interested in come jingle bell rock season um so that's passed and then we were in drafting in the moment when i found this um but we're no longer there um but drafting was september 1st to 30th um basically that's when you're going to start trying out um, but not not really. You're going to start, like, planting seeds. Yeah, it's seed planting time. Um, so you're going to start, like, sending DMs, um, liking Instagram stories. Be Real came out at the perfect time. The heart eye reaction on Be Real, classic drafting move. Um, you're going to start heart eyesing on Be Real. You're going to start signing up on Snap Stories, but just with laughing emojis. Like, we're not making conversation. We're just making our presence known um, for drafting to kind of see where we're at. Um, if you get a response, then that probably means during scouting you were also chosen it's a it's a um a two-way draft if you will um that ended on september 30th though it's now october um and october 1st to 31st is tryout season um so we're going to be hanging out not necessarily dates i would say I mean, at least not personally me personally i'm not going to go on a date for cuffing season that's just a bit formal um but like group hangouts maybe you're inviting him to hang out with your friend group maybe he's inviting you to hang out with his um maybe you guys are um i don't know going to campus events together maybe you're grabbing a coffee after you get out of class together things like this you know just like little like tryouts with multiple people of course because that's kind of the whole point um to kind of see who annoys you the least um because much like or unlike Hot Girl Summer, like we want somebody who we're actually gonna like for um, cuffing season. Hot Girl Summer, you can kind of get by with not liking their personality that much because who really cares? You know, you're you're living it up, you're driving the boat. It doesn't really matter who's there, um, as long as somebody's there. But it doesn't really matter. Like they don't have to be funny. Like whatever. I'm I'm laughing at myself at this point. Um, but cuffing season is a little bit different. Um, we want to kind of make sure we like their personality. It's a lot more laying that's happening in cuffing season. A lot more quality time. Um, so you're much more likely to end up with somebody that you actually find enjoyable. Um, so that's just what we want to be looking for for tryouts, which again, end on October 31st. So that is currently what we're in right now. That should be happening right now. We should be doing kind of cutesy things, um, but not festive things, just, you know, feeling the waters things. Maybe you guys are all going to Target and he tags along, you know, that kind of vibe. Um, Next is going to be preseason, which is November 1st to 30th. Um, this is when it starts to get it starts to get pretty serious. You probably want to have your list narrowed down to maybe like two, three people at this point. Um, preseason's pretty, pretty good. We're making our final cuts. Um, for preseason, depending on how long you want your cuffing to last, I would say that you could probably go ahead and introduce 
whoever it is to some people that are important to you in preseason if they make it this far you know like maybe not your family like I said if you're not trying to make it into like a thing but maybe you go home for a weekend and you bring you know your bestie and one of the preseason runner-ups you know maybe like it depends on your family truly you can introduce them to your family if your family's not psycho but mine is so I would never do that but you know maybe you want to bring them home to meet like your grandparents and like your younger brothers or oh maybe not the brothers maybe like your best friend from home like your home best friend and her mom like maybe you're introducing them to that, those people like you know just like seeing who's really gonna be here for the holiday spirit you know and then um playoffs no i'm so sorry cuffing season officially starts on december 1st um so december 1st is official cuffing season this is a little bit late for me i'm not gonna lie i used to start my cuffing season in november um like i would probably start at like the week of thanksgiving um because i count thanksgiving as like a major holiday so i want to be cuffed by then but cuffing season normally is is for christmas so it starts on december 1st um and that's when you want to have one locked in like you want to be done you're, you're done you've got the one and you guys are starting to do the cuffing season activities um which are you know ice skating um making gingerbread houses cooking cookies um baking cakes and gingerbread and cooking food for christmas parties going shopping for said christmas parties like when you have the um like white or pink elephant christmas parties where you buy like prank gifts like that's what you want to be doing like you want to be going to those you want to be buying matching onesies to go to the christmas themed events in your onesies like things like that that's what you want to be happening um in this december 1st january 1st um oh no sorry january 15th not first december 1st january 15th um area so once it hits january 15th um this is when cuffing season is technically over. Um, you want to kind of be done because we are headed back to school at that point. Um, or some people are not if you graduated in the fall semester. But you're going back to real life. Like the festive veil has been torn. And we are now back in reality. It's January. Okay, it's cold. I'm annoyed. Like everyone's everyone's annoying. Um, and it's just no one is safe um in january so that's normally when cuffing season ends you start to realize like as the snow defrosts you're like oh i don't really want to be out in the sunlight with you though there's so many other options and so that's when normally cuffing season will kind of take its leave um you're you're kind of done you're right back home and you're like oh well, it was really great singing jingle bell rock with you but i'm definitely finished now um and you guys normally break up now however if by any chance you don't break up, then you have made it to playoffs, which is January 16th to February 13th. And that's when, like, okay, like, there's still a little leftover, you know, holly, 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 jolly cheer. There's still a little bit left over. Like, you, maybe it's just, maybe you guys are just enjoying this company. Maybe neither of you are going back to school. Maybe neither of you are going back to school and you're just vibing and it's just like the leftover that's happening right now um but it's unlikely if you make it this far you probably like each other a little bit um and not just during the winter um but don't get too comfortable because that will be revealed if you make it into the championship game which is anytime after february 14th because obviously 
if he doesn't like you, if they don't like you, if she doesn't like you, they are not going to keep you past Valentine's Day. I'm not going to spend money on a cuffing season cuff. Like, I, we were supposed to be getting peppy mokes together and that's it. Like, I really just wanted somebody in the background of this Instagram picture at the Christmas tree farm. I didn't actually want to be, like, going through Target, spending $8 on a card that says, like, the only plans I don't want to cancel are the ones with you. Like, that's not really what I was looking for um, when I started this way back in October. So if you make it to February, then congratulations. You've actually left cuffing season behind, and you are now in a full-fledged marriage, um, a relationship, if you will, the big R. So that's really good. And, I, you know, I think a lot of us secretly hope to make it that far. Um, so I wish you all the best. Godspeed, good people. Um, now that you have the schedule, the world is your oyster. Um, go on out and begin. Uh, you're a little late, but go on out and begin your tryouts. And I will see you. Should we do like a cuffing season update? <laughs> That's so funny. If you guys want to send in your cuffing season updates, feel free to, to let me know. Um, how you're doing and, and the way things are going um and i will check in on you guys uh, a little later on that note okay guys so um i've been recording now for like over an hour and i'm not even gonna lie to you the cafeteria closes soon and i have to be able to eat so i'm not gonna do my question of the week um this week because i didn't think it was gonna take this long um this episode's pretty long already so we're gonna push this question of the week to next week um so lydia i got you next week girly but um yeah, this has been a pretty good episode. Um, that really sucks for this week is that my posting schedule is running me into the ground. So that really sucks. I post on TikTok three times a week at 5 p.m. on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then I post on Instagram Reels on Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, as well as YouTube Shorts on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I am exhausted, truly. Um, so there's that. Um, that really sucks. And then my nannying schedule... Uh, has been really great. I love the kids I nanny for, but oh my gosh, I have to wake up at 5.45 in the morning to get to them, to nanny on time. And um, it's draining me. I slept today until 3 p.m. Today was my first day I slept in in like two weeks. And I slept until 3 p.m. So yeah, I'm just really tired all the time. And it's totally okay. It's just like, I want to sleep at some point and it's like I never get to um but that so that really sucks but it's okay because the kids are cute and I'm getting paid so whatever um and then lastly it's just that everything is moving so fast and I can't move and I'm drowning um my mental health was not doing well a few days ago I'm getting a lot better um I'm actually a lot better right now like I'm I'm fine right now but it was really bad and like it was just like everything was drowning me and I was dying <laughs> so if any of you guys have been feeling like that recently gosh actually I think my anxiety is kind of off the walls today because I've been talking so fast this episode I am so sorry normally I make a conscious effort to slow down my speaking patterns so that everybody can understand me but today I was just so I apologize but it's because I'm drowning um and that really sucks I have a paper currently that was due two days ago and I, it's just, it's just going to continue to not be done until I'm ready to do it. We're running on my time schedule now. But, um, yeah, so that really sucks. But other than that, it's fine. Um, my cry count this week is a good solid one, two, three, four, four or five, I think. 
Um, I've been crying a lot, a lot. Although I had a plus one yesterday because I cried uh, from laughing so hard a few times yesterday, actually. I was very sleep deprived yesterday and I was walking and I saw this like traffic cone and me and my best friend had just come back from McDonald's and he was like walking in front of me and I was, I saw the traffic cone and something inside me was just like kicked the traffic cone over and so I did and I thought it was the funniest thing ever. Oh my gosh, it it was kind of funny, honestly. I pushed it over and it just like, like it was, oh my gosh, it was so funny actually. I don't know why, I don't know why, I don't know why I said I thought it was so funny. It was funny, it was hilarious. Anyways, um, so the cry count is five, but it's okay because, you know, one of these days I won't be crying anymore, just not yet. Um, but yeah, what's you guys' cry count this week? Oh, got it. Oh, got it. Okay, well, that seems healthy. I think that's fine. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, that is all for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for sitting tight and listening to all of that. Um, I really hope that today's episode helped some of you guys. If you want to talk about anything, if this episode made you feel like you need to chat, my DMs are always open. My Instagram is Maya Adele, M-Y-A-H-A-D-E-L-E. The podcast Instagram is linked in my bio, but it is also Hope You're Okay podcast. Um, our tiktok is maybe maya adele and our something else we had something else that we wanted to plug oh don't forget to rrs rate review and subscribe um send this episode to a friend share it um oh my snapchat that's what i needed to say yeah so i started daily vlogging on snapchat so if you want to see what i'm doing every single day and hear all of my thoughts um you can definitely do that on snapchat my snapchat is maya adele as well no, it's the as well is not a part of it. It is Maya Adele. M-Y-A-H-A-D-E-L-E. Um, it's also a good place to go uh, to keep track of the podcasting schedule. I try and post on the podcast Instagram and on my Instagram um, when episodes are not going to be going out. But I vlog every day on Snapchat. So if there's a day when I'm supposed to be recording and I don't think I'm going to get to record, Snapchat's going to be the first to know because I'm going to be vlogging my day. So... Yeah, um, if you want to add us on Snap, go ahead and do that. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, that's all the plugs, I think. And yeah, I hope you guys know how proud I am of your creation. I'm so, so, so proud of you. And I hope that today's episode made you a little bit happier, um, even though we were talking about something a little bit dark. But um, I hope that it made you feel understood. It made you feel at peace. Um, or it made you realize that you're going to start doing better for yourself. Um, because I love you and all together now, I hope that you're okay. <laughs>